Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. show i am of course your host revealed rob coming at you with all of the latest in news what's releasing this week and of course i got a review for you where i'm going to be reviewing the latest horror film from a24 studios titled x man that is the name of the movie gonna definitely uh, get in that and talk about that i got to see that over the weekend as well watched a lot of things man get to play some video games gonna talk about my adventures all over the weekend that's just the last time we chatted here but hope everybody out there is doing good hope you've had a Great week since the last time we talked. If you listened to my episode yesterday, hope you had a great day yesterday. You know, but I appreciate everybody who's uh, sticking around, listening to me here, following along with me as well as my buddies, my pals, my amigos in the Throw Me Podcast Network. Checking out their shows, Mister Wonderful Show, Zach Speakeasy, and Haunters Podcast is back, baby, with the uh, first episode of the year. With them, they talked about uh, the. Halloween Horror Nights, March Madness bracket thingy they had going on, as well as the uh, first speculation map of the season. Now, me personally, I did not look at that speculation map because I don't want spoilers, babies. I don't want spoilers. I want to go in. I only want to know when Universal announces things because that, that seems like a whole lot more fun to me than, you know, these uh, speculations and all that stuff. So I can wait on that. But definitely, if you're into speculation maps and all that, Honors Podcast just dropped some knowledge on that bad boy, as well as all the awesome HHN stuff. That's, that's your go-to market, your go-to market, that's not it, go-to podcast for all things uh, HHN, for sure, and then of course, you know, follow us on the Facebook, follow us on the YouTubes, we got all kinds of stuff going on, as well as the WrestleMania Day 1 extravaganza-thon that we're going to do, we're going to be live, baby, talking all things WrestleMania Day 1, we're talking commentary we're talking in-depth analysis we're talking just people having fun we're talking me the wwe loyalist being attacked by everybody else because they turned their backs on wwe i said it shots fired but do i care no because i love wwe and nobody's gonna harsh my mellow baby i am ready for that uh other than that man like i said watched a lot of stuff since last time we talked been checking out some classic horror movies um going through you know everything i got i got like got a good bit of streaming services i can go through and I've been just randomly picking movies to watch, man. So I watched uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt. 
got to check that out. Checked out Eyes Without a Face. Checked out a movie called The Unforgivable on Netflix. You know, I've been... I, ter- I, I watched Nosferatu for the first time ever, man. It's uh, it, it, like, celebrated its 100th anniversary, dudes. Like, that movie is, like, an absolute classic when it comes to horror movies. released in 1922, so it came out before uh, Universal Monsters Dracula, so... Very classic, very, you know, vampire, and just, you know, it's a silent film, and it's just, you know, it's interesting, dude. I had, it's an interesting concept going back, and, you know, when you go into, like, these classic movies, you go back to watch these movies, you gotta put yourself in the mindset of what times could have been like back then, because, you know, now we have an overabundance of things, including horror movies, and, you know, you just gotta, you gotta slow it down sometimes, man. I know we live in a very fast world with colorful things, and, you know, stories, and, bombs and explosions and all that stuff and me hitting the microphone and everything it happens you know but it was cool it was cool going back in time i love watching classic films and stuff like that love watching alfred hitchcock's work and it was cool seeing nosferatu for the first time and checking out you know that a film that left its mark a hundred years ago and is still worth watching to this day uh, as for the other films i'm not gonna go into too much detail or reviewing it because they i did watch them for my patreon shows uh flicks it and uh, the spook show, and to be honest with you, I don't know what's going on that Patreon. I may be closing that Patreon down uh, very soon, just because I, you know, it takes so much time in my life, and I am not able to release all the content that I want to with that. And it's just, it's kind of, you know, unfortunate because I have so much things going on in my head, and it's just so much stuff I want to talk about. So I'm gonna try to keep it going, but at the same time, you know, we got the Through Me Podcast Network stuff I got to focus on, and maybe eventually someday, on someday down the road, we'll have a. Uh, Patreon on there, and I can bring the shows like Flixit and Spook Show back and all that stuff. But who knows? But as of right now, just very much, you know, trying to get everything in order there. Um, also mentioned at the beginning, I got to play a little bit of game, man. I got some gaming in over the weekend. I got to play WWE 2K22 for the second time since buying it when it released. Um, and I'm, I love the game. I'm having a great time with that game. I'm hoping to. No figure out streaming and get to streaming it maybe sometime soon. You know, if my schedule opens up, I'm going to see a Slash concert this week, so that's going to be awesome. But um, I am loving this game. Played as a couple more of the characters. I'm running through the characters in the game. Still haven't got to showcase mode or, you know, GM mode or My Rise or anything like that. But I am just having a great time with the game. And just I, I work at my own pace with these things. I'm just running through, like, some of the wrestlers I want to work as and wrestle as. And uh, this one... This time around, I did a lot, but I did, uh, I worked with, uh, Brock Lesnar, who was fun to use, and Dakota Kai, man, is really fun to use in this game, freaking kick academy, and kick ass, and, you know, freaking Dakota Kai, just freaking awesome on this game, she was awesome to be, play as her character and everything, so, I'm having a good time on that game, highly suggest playing it, and again, I haven't even done everything on that game yet, and I'm having this much of a blast with it, so, yeah, do it, man, do it, it is a fun time. I'm trying to think, what else? Is there? I finally finished episode four of season one of Riverdale. Finally finished that off. Still enjoying that show. Still having a good time. They still, you know, I mean, I guess I'm like still like, you know, so many seasons in, but got another surprise reveal in episode four for one of the characters and a lot of stuff going down on that show, man. So I'm enjoying it still to, you know, I'm enjoying the Riverdale, man. I got a poster the other day. I was in a comic shop and they have like these free posters, kind of like what you would see in like a Regal movie theater when they put those posters out for you. Like, hey, grab one. I grabbed, grab me Riverdale one because they had one in the comic shop that's been, obviously, you could tell been sitting there for a while because it was all dusty and everything. I'm like, what's going on with this Riverdale poster? And he's like, hey, they're free to take. I'm like, 
he's like, take a couple. I'm like, all right, cool. I grabbed a couple. So got me a couple Riverdale posters. Grab, um, I don't know how many I grabbed. It's, it's not important. <laughs> it's not important at all. But, you know, enjoying Riverdale still, getting into that. I've heard from a lot of people who've watched the shows that it gets, it gets wild later on, which is fine. The show's based off of, what, a comic strip or something like that. So cool. Whatever, dude. It goes crazy as it wants to go. Who cares? Um, it's based on what the creators want to create, and if you like it, awesome, dude. Um, I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark over the weekend, uh, the second viewing of that. Enjoyed it the second time around more than the first time around, probably because the first time I tried to watch that movie, there was so much background noise going around. It kind of just, you know, it kind of messed with the movie experience, so got to see that again. Enjoyed that movie. Definitely check that out. Guillermo del Toro. Highly suggest checking out anything he does. So... Other than that, that's basically what I've been up to. Um, so I guess it's time to jump into the news, shall we? With the first big news that broke out today, which got me super stoked and excited as soon as I saw this man. Christina Rishi, you know her, you love her. She's the horror queen and my first ever celebrity crush, my first ever crush in general in life. She has now officially joined the cast for the live-action Tim Burton directed Wednesday Adams show that is coming to Netflix. That is right. The 1990s Wednesday Adams is officially a part of the new Wednesday Adams show that will be hitting Netflix. Uh, some point. Don't know if we have a release date for that. Actually, I need to let me go ahead and do a little Google search. I haven't really seen a release date for it. But let's check into this, shall we? But man, that is so awesome. That she's finally part of the show. A lot of people hoped that she would be. And a lot of people were like hoping she would play Morticia Adams and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, so there's not really a release uh, date for it. It just says uh, Wednesday will premiere in 2022 on Netflix and will consist of eight episodes. They're hour-long episodes as well. Um, yeah, so we don't have like an actual release date here. But yeah, going back to Christina Ricci, a lot of people was hoping she would play Morticia Adams from the fanfic picture that people put out a couple years ago of her as Wednesday Adams, which you know was released later, that that was a fake photo, but she, we already know Morticia Adams has been cast already, it's Catherine Zeta-Jones, who is playing Morticia Adams, and then um, they're, all, they're like, okay, Christina Ricci is part of it, she played Wednesday in the 1990s films, is she going to be Wednesday again, she is not uh, the fantastic, growing, and talent Scream Queen in her own right, because she's got a lot of horror movies in her background in her young career. Uh, Jenna Ortega is Wednesday Adams. So, who is Christina Ricci playing in the show? Well, we do not know at the moment, but we can say that it is, quote, a major part. Um, and it's a new character. So, we don't know who she's playing. I don't give a flying fook who she's playing. I'm super stoked inside. Christina Ricci has been since the first time. You know, I saw her in the Adams Family films and going on to cast her throughout her career. I've been a huge fan of her. She's always been one of my favorite actresses, always been super stoked and excited. When I heard Christina Ricci's doing something, I'm like watching it, dude, including Speed Racer. Yes. <laughs> um, but like, I'm a huge Christina Ricci fan and I'm glad she's back where, you know, the roots started with me with her. I'm glad she's part of the show. It just makes so much sense to see her there, man. So I can't wait to, I was already super stoked and excited for this. And just knowing that Christina Ricci is a part of it is just the cherry on top of the awesomeness that is going to be a Tim Burton live action directed Adams Family Project, man. I mean, that's just, there's so many things about the show that just sounds so amazing. So snap, snap to that. I don't know if you heard it. I'm still trying to figure out these microphone stuff, but you know, whatever. Hopefully you did hear it. But that's, that's incredible news as far as I'm concerned. 
I would go from there to maybe not so incredible news, depending on where you stand on the uh, the viewpoint here. But Daniel Radcliffe, who is doing uh, press for the film The Lost City, which is releasing this week, we'll talk about that more later on in this episode, planning on seeing that movie this weekend to uh, review it next week for y'all. But during the press, he was asked about, you know, obviously Harry Potter stuff, because he was, of course, Harry Potter in the film franchise. And he's asked about uh, with the possibility of a Cursed Child movie, because that's, you know, the obvious point that a lot of people are getting at now, because we just had the Harry Potter reunion that uh, on January 1st of this year, 2022. That was on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Fantastic time for all of us Potter heads. Um, I cried a couple times. I have no problem admitting that. So, you know, that, of course, has sparked up the, you know, when are we going to get more Harry Potter films with the original cast? You know, we still have the Fantastic Beast film coming out later this year, so the Wizarding World is still very viable in the world. But, and we have the game, the Hogwarts Legacy game coming out. Uh, looks like um, holiday time this year. No official, like, release date, but it seems like holiday time, which, by the way, the State of Play for Hogwarts Legacy came out last week, the PlayStation State of Play. Highly suggest checking that out. I lost my freaking ever-loving mind watching that. I, I'm going to geek out so hard playing this game. But um, back to what was going on here. He had a um, conversation with the New, uh, New York Times, had an interview, conversation, had an interview with the New York Times, where he's asked about the Cursed Child movie. And he said, quote, uh, that is not something I'm really interested in doing right now. And, of course, that's not the answer a whole lot of people are going to want, especially after, of course, the reunion and we had Christopher um, Columbus, Chris Columbus, Chris, Christopher, Chris Columbus, right, is his name, um, who directed, you know, the first two Harry Potter films. You know, he recently said he would be interested in doing A Cursed Child with the, the uh, three trio, the, you know, obviously Harry, Ron, and Hermione, um, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and... Rupert Grint, he said he would be, he would love to do a Cursed Child, and they're all the right age, and that's, of course, you know, sparked some, you know, debate there, but Daniel went on here to say that uh, this isn't an answer that anybody's going to want, but I think it is also, let me go back, <laughs> um, quote, this isn't the answer that anybody's going to want, but I think I was so able to go back and enjoy it because it's a, not a part of my day-to-day -day life anymore. Uh, speaking on the Harry Potter reunion, going on to quote to say, I'm getting to a point where I feel like I made it out of Potter okay, and I'm really happy with where I am, and to go back would be such a massive change to my life. He went on to add, I'm never going to say never, but the Star Wars guys had like 30 to 40 years before they went back. For me, it's only been 10 years. It's not something I'm really interested in doing right now. Which, you know, kind of fair, right? I, I mean, that's kind of a fair statement. You know, I get it. Now, if I was in his shoes, and I was this legendary character, and they wanted to do stuff, I would never be, you know, one to be like, oh, I don't want to go back to that world right now. I think that's, that's not my mindset. If I, like, if I was freaking Batman, I will play Batman until the day they say, hey, we don't want you to be Batman anymore. So, I, I as a, an artistic and creative mindset um, for Daniel, and he's been, he's doing, like, a lot of films that are not, you know, main picture, big box office deal movies. You know, he's kind of doing his own thing. He's working on these independent films and stuff like that. He's kind of, you know, trying to bridge off from the Harry Potter stuff. He'll always be Harry Potter. He's being very respectful to it. And that's why I'm giving him... Because I give some actors, I'll give them some crap that they overly complain about being compared to this character or they're only going to be known as this character. Same with, like, some bands that are like, oh, I hate the song that made me a star. 
dude, those people can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Like, dude, stop being, you know. But he's like, he's never going to say never to it. He just wants to take some time to, you know, do his career and work on other things. And he'll gladly come back to the Harry Potter stuff later on, which, hey, you know, it's fine. It can make sense. The Fantastic Beast films, there's what we have right now. I'm sure there's more stuff planned for The Wizarding World being on HBO Max or maybe film-wise. I believe Fantastic Beast. We'll see how this movie does, but I believe Fantastic Beast has at least two more movies after this one. Uh, at least that was what was originally planned. We'll see how things shake out, but um, I think it's okay if we take a little bit longer on the Harry Potter stuff. I don't know if we need a Cursed Child movie right now, and fine with that. So, I mean, that's what Daniel said recently. Emma Watson, in a British Vogue interview back in January, said that she'd uh, definitely return for a second reunion in another 20 years. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like she's not too interested in doing anything Harry Potter anytime soon either. They've all been, like like I said, they've all been respectful to the franchise. It's not something where they're like, oh, I hated doing that. I don't want to go back to it. I don't want to live my life kind of deal. kind of seems like they just want to, you know, work on other things in their career, move forward, and then they'll come back to the Harry Potter stuff when it's time. You know, kind of like, think of it like, you know, we've got Sam Neill and... Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum returning to the Jurassic uh, Park franchise. Um, I know it's Jurassic World, but it's, it's the Jurassic Park franchise. Uh, they'll be returning to that uh, this year. We'll see all three of them back on screen for the first time since uh first film, right? I mean, we saw, I know Goldblum was in the second one. And the third film had Sam Neill and Dern in it. And then Goldblum was in Fallen Kingdom. And yeah, they haven't been on the screen together since the first movie, it seems. So... Unless I'm completely blanking on something. but So we'll finally get that trio back. And that's going to be awesome, man. We'll see that. So we're getting that trio back almost, what, almost 30 years later. Uh, you know, Dana Radcliffe brought up the Star Wars trio of uh, freaking, why am I blanking so hard right now? Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. They returned for Star Wars The Force Awakens 30, 40 years later. So... Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to give it time. I, I know we live in this generation where, again, things are fast-tracked and fast-paced, so we want everything now. Like, you're going to have to give it time. I'm sure I'm sure they'll gladly do something. Emma, you know, said 20 years, so let's give it another 20 years, maybe even sooner because of, you know, you got HBO Max now and all that stuff. But, like I said, let the Fantastic Beast films live, and then after that, we'll see where the franchise and the Wizarding World goes. All right. Now, transitioning to that franchise, to this franchise, uh, Paramount Pictures and Spy Class have quickly, and I mean very quickly, announced a sequel already to, to um, Scream. So Scream 5 came out early this year, and they're already announced a sequel, and they've got a release date for Scream 6, which is March 31st, 2023. That's right, next year. They've already announced, and we're already moving to that point where we're getting a, uh, TV's making noise behind me, so let me just turn that off. Um, so we're already getting, they're, they're fast-tracking this thing, like, um, I, they're gonna start shooting soon. Uh, Courtney Cox already announced that she recently got her script for the next film, so we can pretty much assume Courtney Cox is in it if she agrees to be in it, you know, just because she got the script doesn't necessarily mean she's in the film. You know, depending on the company, it could mean she is, could mean she isn't, it could go either way. But if she's back, we can kind of put two and two together. Who else could return here? Um, I don't want to give any spoilers for the screen movie that already happened because uh, it's still, you know, relatively fresh. You can now watch it on Paramount Plus. So I don't like giving spoilers for, you know, like new movies and all that stuff. I don't like giving spoilers pretty much in general. I try to avoid them as much as possible. So 
you know, we'll see how the Scream franchise goes. Um, I, I, you know, this last one that came out, you know, I watched again recently on Paramount Plus, and I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's cool seeing Ghostface, you know, that's always fun, but it's just, I felt like that movie tried too hard to be the first film, and I get it, they're doing the requel thing in there, you know, so you gotta do a lot of what's from the first movie and put it in here with new stuff, but be honest with you, this new movie, while some of the acting wasn't the best, I cared a lot more about the new characters than the legacy characters. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I could I honestly got to the point where I could care less about the legacy characters. And I was actually thinking about it yesterday. Like, that movie, and the main plot of that movie, didn't need to go the way that it went, without me spoiling anything. Like, that movie didn't need to go the way it went. Because you know how the Scream films... The Scream films do, you know, they pretty much follow the same the same road that like they don't really change all that much you know it's it's most of the time it's i hate sid and this is why i hate her and this is why i'm the killer kind of do this movie you know it did something that i'm not a fan of and the motives and all that stuff i'm not a big fan of so uh you know but at, when i looked back on i looked at the motive for the killings in this movie i'm like okay well you know you don't really need the legacy characters you know you don't need them so I, we'll see where it goes. I mean, with these horror franchises, it just... I don't know, man. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see how Scream 6 ends up going. Uh, you know, again, I didn't hate Scream 5. I have it, like, right in the middle of the pack for me when it comes to those movies. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it just left me feeling, feeling not the best. So, speaking of Scream, got a little bit of info here from Kristen Stewart. Uh, she's doing the... Press rounds for the Oscars. She's nominated for Best Actress for her role as Princess Diana in the Spencer film, which I still need to check out. I believe it's actually on Hulu. Uh, she confirmed recently that she was contacted for a cameo in the Scream movie. So, uh, you know, when you're doing presses, they'll uh, press junkets and everything. They'll ask you random questions like roles you didn't do and stuff like that. And this is the one that came up for her. And she said, um, Scream. And they asked, why did they... Who did they contact you about playing in the last sequel? And she said, quote, so it's the Drew Barrymore character that gets killed in the beginning. And they created a whole sequence where a lot of people got killed to emulate the Drew thing. But it was just going to be one person. And I was like, I can't do a Drew. I can't touch that. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. So then they ended up doing, if I remember correctly, a large sequence and not just one victim. And this kind of sounds like Scream 4. I know the article just came out. She's doing press for the movie now. So they said the... What was it? The last... How did they phrase it? Um, playing in the last sequel. So it could be Scream 5 or it could be, you know, Scream 4. But what she's talking about there sounds very Scream 4 to me. Um, so yeah, you almost got Kristen Stewart in a Scream movie, and like I said, man, since, since her and Robert Pattinson have left Twilight behind, they've had a great career, and they were doing great things, and wish her luck for the best Oscar nomination. I'm not pulling for her, even though I like Kristen Stewart, um, as I've grown to you know, be a fan of her since you know their latest work and everything. Uh, Jessica Chastain's not for that, for her role in Eyes of Tammy Faye, and she's absolutely amazing in that movie, so definitely going to be pulling for her, and we know I'm pulling for her. Andrew Garfield, big time, baby, for the Best Actor Award. Um, tick, tick, boom, tick, tick, boom, deserves all the awards. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's see, but I think it's only nominated for, like, one or two awards, which is 
Bowl. Yes, but whatever. I see. Moving forward, Moon Knight will be fairly disconnected from the rest of the MCU, and it it is a separation that ended up getting Oscar and Isaac, Oscar and Isaac, Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke to join the Moon Knight project, saying, "quote Moon Knight was a similar approach where we're building this thing from the ground up." It's still in the universe, speaking of the MCU, but it's not part of the plot, it's not part of the story. It rests on its own terms, and it's really an eternal exploration of this person. So this person's not connected to any of his reality that is happening, That part of, and that's part of his problem, whether it's Marvel or not. So it's really just tries to go and get into the skin of this guy. Moon Knight isn't just disconnected from the MCU, it is also... Uh, feels, you know, disconnected from the comic book version of the character as well. So, there you go, man. They're they're doing... And I like that idea, man. I like the idea of where they're relying on telling a story as opposed to, hey, how can we connect to this and make it all one connected thing because everything has to be connected. Oh my gosh, if it's not connected, blah, 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 blah. Look at DC. DC sucks. They can't connect stuff. Rah, 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 rah. Idiots. <laughs> you know? Um, idiots. I mean... I guess, I, it's a long talk I don't want to get into, but it obviously it's still connected to the MCU. All that stuff has to be connected in some way, shape, or form, but it's cool to hear that they're working on just a singular story, and they're not so worried about, oh, how can we make this connect to anything else, man? That makes me even more interested in this Moon Knight show, because now I know that the people behind it weren't, you know, working on this, you know, freaking idea of what do we have to do to make it connect to everything else we're gonna instead they're gonna follow just a story process and a storyline process of this character and this character's story and all that um oscar isaac and ethan Hawke even went on to talk about how much they loved the iron man movie now that's probably their favorite movie in the mcu because it was just focused on him and it had its mistakes and its messes and all that stuff but it was a focused origin story on that character as opposed to trying to make you know everything connect here and there and all that stuff so that's cool man and I'm excited for Moon Knight, man. Moon Knight's, Moon Knight's coming very soon. It's going to be here. When is the release date for Moon Knight? I believe it is the 30th, if I'm not mistaken, of this month. Let's see. Yeah, March 30th, 2022. So Moon Knight will be here next week, if my math is correct. Get on, man. We'll see how that uh, turns out. I did like that Hawkeye show that we had recently. All right, let's see. Next bit of news here before we get into... Uh, some video game news is a couple of quick hits for you. So, uh, we learned that Christopher Lloyd will be joining the cast of The Mandalorian Season 3. That's right, Doc Brown will be part of the Galaxy Far, Far Away in a guest star role as opposed to becoming a series regular. So, it uh, doesn't sound like Christopher Lloyd will be sticking around too long there on The Mandalorian, but who knows, man. Maybe eventually they'll get there. It's just like, maybe eventually I'll watch the damn show. Um, Jack Black is returning to the Kung Poof. Kung Fu, <laughs> Kung Fu Panda franchise, who will be voicing Poe in a new animated Netflix series titled Kung Fu Panda, The Dragon Knight. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, let's see, Legendary Entertainment sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong will be filming in Australia later this year. So we are, in fact, getting a sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong. And Sarah Michelle Gellar has chimed in about... Um, the 25th anniversary of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show, and who she would want to play the role if the series was to be rebooted, in which she said, quote, I vote Zendaya. Uh, she says that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar told that to Evan Ross Katz, the author of a brand new book titled Into Every Generation, 
a slayer is born, how Buffy staked our hearts. Um, so that look, I guess that's a a book about the history of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer show. Hey, you know, hey, I love Zendaya. She's a fantastic actress. If they wanted to do another Buffy show with Zendaya starring as Buffy, I'm here for it as long as freaking dude man is not attached to it. That's what I'll say. I forgot his name. I really don't care what his name is. Joss Whedon. That's his fucking name. If he's not attached to it, then I'll be more than happy to watch that show. If he's attached to it, not watching it. Alright, now, jumping into video game news. Got some big news last week for this fan right here. Um, Supermassive Games. The team studio behind Until Dawn. One of my all-time favorite video games, if not my favorite video game of all time. And the Dark Pictures Anthology. They announced the Quarry. A spiritual successor to Until Dawn, which will be launching June 10th. As with Until Dawn, the cast is made up of a number of recognizable actors. Quarry is a teen horror where players control nine different characters as they try to survive the night of summer camp. The last night of summer camp. And like Until Dawn, anyone can live and anyone can die. Supermassive promises groundbreaking interactive storytelling with an unprecedented night of horror, with plenty of flirting and fear, as relationships between characters are built and broken through intense player-based choices. Uh, Director Will Biles told IGN that each character has 10 to 12 different potential deaths, He said the quarry is like a circular story, and each one of those characters is a spoke heading towards the middle, meaning any one of those spokes can be broken without affecting the rest of the narrative. And an early death for each character will result in roughly seven hours of gameplay, but Biles estimated that the most playthroughs will last around ten hours. With that, he said the quarry is very playable, as at the end of each playthrough, players are given different cards depicting the conclusion of each character. There are 187, 187 of these collectible cards in total, offering completionists a reason to explore every inch of the quarry's branching story. Um, I've gone back and played Until Dawn multiple times. Love that game to death. Uh, so now we're getting a spiritual successor with this one. So super soaked and excited about this. Can't wait to jump back into that. I love what uh, Supermassive's done with their games. I like the idea. I like the feel. I love the horror. All that stuff, man. So I can't wait to check this game out. And speaking of checking this stuff out with this game, check out this cast list. So you've got Ariel Winter. You mostly know her from Modern Family. you got Ethan Supley. Freaking... The Wolf of Wall Street. Remember the Titans. My name is Earl. He's been in a couple of the VSQ Universe movies. You got David Arquette. The Scream franchise, obviously. You got Lynn Shea. The Insidious franchise. The Grudge. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Horror icon right there. You got Miles Robbins, who was in Halloween 2018. You've got Grace uh, Zabrinsky, who was in Armageddon, Wild at Heart, The Grudge. You get Halston Sage, Neighbors, X Men, Dark Phoenix. You got Zach Tinker, 13 Reasons Why, Law and Order. You got Lance Hinkerson, Aliens, Aliens 3, The Terminator. 
You got Brenda freaking Song in this thing. She's in Dollface, Social Network, New Girl, uh, freaking Zach and Cody, dude. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. They didn't list that there. I'm listing it there because how could you not? Um, you got, oh God, I'm going to mess this up. Subahan Williams, Forsaken, Heartland, Skylar Gisondo, Social Dilemma, Santa Clara Diet. You got Evan Evagoria Evagoria from Star Trek Picard. You got Justice Smith as detect, uh, from Detective Pikachu and uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And you got Ted Raimi from Evil Dead, Spider-Man, Xena Warrior, Princess Man. This cast is stacked, baby. And that just goes back to Until Dawn. Remember Hayden Panettiere was in that. And freaking, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Dude Man that played... Ah, the heck? Rami Malek. That's his freaking name. Uh, Until Dawn had Hayden Panettiere, Rami Malek, man. Um... Jordan Fisher was in that bad boy as well. So, I mean, they had a really strong cast in uh, the first Till Dawn game. So, excited, man. Excited. I can't put into words how freaking stoked I am for that game. I love what they're doing over there. I love this horror franchise they got going. And just seeing a uh, spiritual successor to Until Dawn this just makes me super hyped, dude. Can't wait to, can't wait to dive into that one. Let's see, over in DC land, as you know, got your mandatory DC news every episode. J.K. Simmons talked about his role as Commissioner Gordon recently. Uh, he said, quote, I'm still not sure I understand all the various multiverse aspects. You and me both, J.K., you and me both. Um, aspects of DC or Marvel. But yeah, I was completely surprised and very happy, obviously, J.K. Simmons said about his role of Commissioner Gordon still continuing. Setting. I had a lengthy phone call, sort of having the story laid out for me before I even saw a script. And it was actually way back in the middle of the summer. I think that they first came to me and approached me about doing it. I just finished my part. They had several more weeks of shooting to do. Uh, he's talking about, of course, Batgirl. He also spoke on his expanded role in Batgirl. You know, which, of course, makes sense since he's the father of Batgirl. Barbara Gordon, you know, he's Commissioner Gordon, Barbara Gordon, put it together. Um, it's much more than I got to do with my brief stint as Commissioner Gordon, Zack Snyder's film. And really, it was fun because it was a completely different side of Commissioner Gordon. All that we saw in the little snippets of Zack Snyder's Justice League in either the original or in Zack's brilliant expanded cut, it was just Commissioner Gordon being businesslike and needing Batman's help. In this film... I think I'm allowed to say, since I, since it does center on Batgirl, we see much more of Commissioner Gordon at home. So, we're getting more Commissioner Gordon, man. That's never really a problem. You know, it's interesting because, you know, again, figuring out how the multiverse works and all that stuff. His Commissioner Gordon, you know, but we got Michael Keaton's Batman back, who had a completely different uh, Commissioner Gordon. So, I'm sure they'll explain it. I'm sure the Flash movie was supposed to help explain this before uh, that got pushed back for the visual effects thing, but neither here nor there, man. All I know is I'm getting a Batgirl film, and I'm excited for it. Batgirl is expected to release on HBO Max uh, later this year, and it stars Leslie Grace as Batgirl slash Barbara Gordon, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, and Brendan Fraser as Garfield Lins, a.k.a. Firefly. And a little bit of more news here. Matt Reeves has announced that Paul Deneau will be writing a Riddler Year One comic book limited series. Of course, Paul Deneau plays the Riddler in the Batman film, which is still making some good freaking money, man. Go check that movie out if you haven't seen it, or check it out a couple more times, because it is awesome. And that will take us 
to the end of the news and into what's releasing this week. Briefly mentioned it earlier, The Lost City is releasing this week. The film is PG-13, is an adventure comedy, one hour, 52 minutes, and will be in theaters. Reclusive author Loretta Sage writes about exotic places in her popular adventure novels that feature a handsome cover model named Alan. While on tour promoting her new book with Alan, Loretta gets kidnapped by an eccentric billionaire who happens, or who hopes, she can lead him to an ancient city's lost treasure from her latest story. Determined to prove he can be a hero in the real life and not just on the pages of her books, Alan sets off to rescue her. Um, this film stars Sandra Bullock, Dana Radcliffe, and Channing Tatum. And, you know, when I was gathering information on this movie, Rotten Tomatoes, are you ready for this? Has a critic score of 90% and an audience score of 91% on this movie. So, I know it's early, but holy freaking crap, dude. <laughs> holy crap, people are... Critics and audiences alike are enjoying The Lost City so far. So, um, like I said, I plan on checking that one out this weekend. So, I'll have my review for you on next week's episode. Let's see what else we got this week. Everything, everywhere, all at once. This is rated R, adventure comedy, 2 hours and 19 minutes. Wow. Uh, this is in theaters. It's directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Sherrant, collectively known as the Daniels. The film is a hilarious and big-hearted sci-fi action-adventure about an exhausted Chinese-American woman who can't seem to finish her taxes. Um, I believe this is an A24 film as well. They showed the trailer before uh, the movie X that I saw over the weekend. Um... I'm, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this movie as well, so I'll definitely end up checking it out eventually. Don't know if I'll make it out to theaters for that one, but um, you know, it looks it looks wild, man. They're dealing with multiverses in that movie as well, so see how that one goes. Uh, let's see, Infinity Storm, rated R, drama, mystery, thriller, one hour, forty four minutes. This is in theaters as well. As an experienced climber, played by Naomi Watts, ascends Mount Washington, she turns back before she reaches the summit as a huge blizzard approaches. But on her way down, she encounters a lone, stranded man and takes it upon herself to get them both down the mountain before nightfall arrives and they succumb to the storm. This movie is based on a true story. And finally, on the list of things releasing this week, the Halo show, the show based on the Xbox game, uh, is hitting Paramount+. Plus. Master Chief, a cybernetically enhanced super soldier, Defends humanity from the alien covenant in the 26th century. I'm not an Xbox guy, but I know a lot of people love Halo and all that stuff. So there you go, man. Check that show out. I don't think you have to be an Xbox fan. From everything I've gathered from watching G4 uh, talk about the show, it's not 100% about the game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's neither here nor there. I'm not gonna know if I decide to watch the show. I'm not gonna know the difference. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> and that does it for the news. And uh, what's releasing this week? Some of the stuff releasing this week. So, as you know, if you've been listening to the show, or if you're new to the show, it's time to take a pause to play the trailer. And I will be back to talk about this week's review of the film X. Be right back. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. Ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Because you got that X Factor. That day's a struggling, may soon be over. Hollywood, here we go. I just 
this is it. Our own studio backlog. You're looking for a place to stay. Oh, yes, sir. That's one ugly son bitch. And my wife, Pearl, is next door. So I would appreciate a little discretion. I just he don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to come inside? What's your boss? I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. The story can't just change midway through. If Daddy catches us, there's no telling what he might do. My wife is not well. It happens after dark. Inside. What do you think is on it? Let's see one goddamn fucked up horror picture. Alright, man. Welcome back to the show. That was the trailer for the film X, which is rated R for strong sexual content. Yep, has that. Graphic nudity, gore, drug use, language, strong, bloody violence. Yep, yep, check, 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 check to all of those. It definitely has that. Uh, the film is a horror mystery thriller coming in at, poor choice of words, uh, one hour and 45 minutes. Uh, the film is about a group of actors who sets out to make an adult film in rural Texas. And then things end up going sideways, if you will. Um, the film... And uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a critic score right now of 96% and an audience score of 77%, while IMDb has it at a 7.5 out of 10. So, my thoughts on the film. Going in to seeing this movie, I was a little little hesitant. I wouldn't say, I guess hesitant's probably not the word, but a little, you know, I'm not the biggest A24 fan. You know, their style of film. Um, especially horror film, not necessarily what I'm looking for. Uh, point proven, I've gone over it ad nauseum at this point, but I'm not a huge fan of Midsommar Heredity. I know a lot of people love those films, worship at the altar of those movies. That is, of course, your priority. <laughs> but if for me, I didn't enjoy them. I watched them like, meh. So, going into this movie, I was like, I don't know, man. The A24 style of film isn't necessarily my thing. And then, you know, I put the the little thing where if there's an actor that you're a fan of in the movie, it's going to make you want to see it, right? And that's, of course, why I ended up seeing Under the Silver Lake. That was a movie starring Andrew Garfield, which is an A24 film. And I enjoyed it, you know, and I only watched it because Andrew was in it. And I ended up enjoying that movie, um, but that's not necessarily a horror movie. 
um, go to Midsommar, I respect Florence Pugh, didn't enjoy that movie. But we come to this film X, and it has Jenna Ortega in it, who I've become a fan of. I respect her. She's becoming, like I said, she's a very talented young actress who's going to be definitely the future of uh, the horror franchise. She's done a lot of horror movies and, you know, whatever else she decides to be a part of, but, you know, she's done a lot of horror movies there. Not going to typecast her as a horror actress, but she has done a lot of horror work. Um, so I saw she was in it, saw Britney Snow's in it, I've always liked her, and, you know, interesting concept, right? I mean, they're, you know, making an adult film in rural Texas, and, you know, it's going to be a horror movie. It's like, all right, cool. So going into the movie, I was interested enough to see it in theaters. Let's put it that way. You know, I, I didn't see the other movies in theaters. I saw them at home. But I wanted to see this movie in theaters. It got my attention from the first trailer. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And I love horror movies, right? So I go see it. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. Really enjoyed this movie. I had a good time with it. I, I liked I like the idea of the film, not like it said, uh, when I was talking about the rating, there is very strong sexual content, nudity, in the film. So if that's something that you don't want to see, uh, you probably should have known already with the R rating and the fact that they're making an adult film, that's going to be part of it. Obviously, it's not you know, as adult as like an actual porno or anything like that, but you do get your graphic nudity in the film um, and sexual content. With that said, there is definitely some gore in this movie as well. So, I had I, I enjoyed the movie. Like, I, I'm surprised at how much I actually did enjoy this movie. So much so that, you know, of all the films I've seen this year, it's number two on my list so far of, you know, favorite movies of the year. Like, obviously, it's not going to go over Batman. But, I really enjoyed my experience with this movie. Like, the, the content was good. The acting was, you know, what you needed for it. And the movie is set in the 70s. It has the 70s vibe. Um, great soundtrack, as you heard that trailer, awesome classic rock song there, you know, great soundtrack, great feel and vibe and everything, like, if I was going to compare this to, you know, any, like, horror movies, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes to mind, because, you know, you get that, like, 70s feel to it and all that, and, you know, it's rural Texas and, you know, all that stuff, so you get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes, and while I'm not a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, I can appreciate the impact it had when it was released, and, you know, the fact that, I mean, I love Rob Zombie's House of Thousand Corpses. That was obviously inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well. It's kind of funny, stuff that's inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like a hundred times more than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it has those vibes. And if I was going to um, compare it to any other horror movie or franchise, Friday the 13th comes to mind for me when I watch this movie. Because when I think of those Friday the 13th movies, they're very much about graphic gore. And there's always some sexual content in them. Um, pretty much every single one of them. So, I think Friday 13 is actually, you know, a fun comparison here. And while Rotten Tomatoes says this movie's a horror mystery thriller, I'm going to throw in the fact that this movie plays off like a slasher film as well. It definitely has those, you know, feels to it. So, it's 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 an enjoyable movie. You know, you're going to get your, you're going to get what you want. It's like, it's a, it's like a perfect mashup. I think of like a seventies and eighties, you know, horror slasher film where, you know, it's, it's kind of serious, but you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, it's got its comedy in it. It's got its aspects to it and it's got some good gore to it. So yeah, it, it's a good film. If you love slasher films, I think you're really going to enjoy this movie. It's not, this movie's not a head trippy. Let's, you know, fuck with your head kind of movie. You know, it's a, uh, it's kind of more of a, you know, horror 
slasher thriller film, man. It's a, it's a good time. The one hour, 45 minute time frame never bothered me. You know, I had a good time throughout the whole movie. I was never feeling like, all right, let's rush this along or anything like that. Enjoyed every aspect of the film. I thought they did a really good job here. And, you know, that end quote there in the trailer, I think, perfectly summarizes what this movie is. It is, quote, a one goddamn fucked up horror picture. And that's what it is. You know, and it's a fun one at that. 96% critic score. I think I'm pretty close to agreement with them. Um, I believe their critic score for the Batman is just lower than that. Uh, so obviously, I don't think this is a better movie than the Batman. Let me pull this back up because I don't know what Rotten Tomatoes score for the Batman is right now. Um, let's see. Rotten Tomatoes has a critic score for the Batman of 85%, um, an audience score of 88%. So, yeah, no. Um, I don't think the movie X is better than Batman, but again, we all have our different feelings and beliefs and scores and thoughts on movies. But with all that said, very high on my list of films I've seen this year. I know it's only March and there's a lot more films to come, but personally me, I enjoyed it. I thought the gore was good. I thought the horror aspects were good. It's a slasher film, if you ask me. Um, so yeah. Definitely check out X, man. If you don't want to see it in theaters, completely understand that. I don't know if it's a movie you necessarily need to see in theaters, but I definitely suggest checking the movie out. It is a good time for any of you horror slasher fans out there. It definitely plays off like that. Um, so, when I was going through this, I ended up coming across um, a freaking article uh, by Variety where they were ranking A24 horror films. And... I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll bring that in. I'm not going to name every single movie they put on there. It was like 19 films. But I'm just going to, you know, pinpoint, you know, some of these things and how they ranked them. So at 19, dead last, they had Tusk, um, the movie, which I didn't know was an A24 film. Um, the movie by Kevin Smith when he did a horror film, uh, Tusk, where the guy gets turned into a walrus and all that. I mean, um, I haven't, I haven't, I, you know, honestly, I haven't watched that movie in a while uh, fully. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's about... Like, what, some podcasters who, uh, one of them gets in trouble and, you know, yeah, the walrus film. So, uh, yeah, they had that one dead last. Uh, the movie I just talked about, X, they put 12th on the list. Um, the Lighthouse, the Robert Pattinson, William Defoe movie, they had a 7. Um, and then, that's a horror movie? Wait, 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 wait. The Lighthouse isn't a horror movie, is it? Let me double check this real quick. Yeah, I mean, they have it listed as a horror movie. That's interesting. I would never... I mean, I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, see, Rotten Tomatoes has it a drama mystery thriller. I would see it more as that. But yeah, I mean, they got it listed as a horror movie. So, all right, and then we get into our top five, which is, uh, according to Variety, their top five A24 horror films are Saint Maud, which I have not seen, but I believe is on... It's on one of the streaming services, because I saw it on there recently. Let me... um. Just for you people here listening to the show, if you want to check out St. Maud, I know it's on one of the streaming services because I just saw the freaking thing. Why is that St. Peter's? Get out of here. St. <laughs> Maud. Right, that is on um, Hulu. I wasn't on Hulu when I saw this, though. Hold on. Uh, Paramount Plus. It's on Paramount Plus. So, yeah, 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 that's right, it's Paramount Plus. So, that's on Paramount Plus. That was the number five on their list. Uh, number four, they have Under the Skin, which I'm not 100% sure what that is. Under the Skin. 
Uh, Scar stars Scarlett Johansson. All right, that's a that's a sci-fi drama. So again, this is not a horror movie. What is Rotten Tomatoes called? Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes has it as a sci-fi too. So variety, your list is already. <laughs> um, let's see, number three they had Midsummer. Wow, you didn't put that at number one. Interesting. Number two they had Heredity. Wow, you didn't put that at number one. Interesting. What the hell can number one be? Oh, The Witch. <laughs> of course it's The Witch. Uh, it's a movie which I need to, you know, go back and watch for sure. So that is Variety's top five. Um, Under the Silver Lake's not on this list, and at first I thought it was because it's not a horror movie. But, I mean, Under the Skin isn't a horror movie either. And I'm, I'm still going to say The Lighthouse is not a horror movie. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's Variety. That's Variety for you. I'm sure there's other lists out there. That's just one I came across that was very timely because I was talking about this movie. But, yeah, man, I mean, overall, to end this out, like, I really enjoyed the X film. Um, if the Batman wasn't out, you know, this movie would be my favorite film of the year so far. But definitely strong showing at number two for me for the year. I think it was a really enjoyable film. I mean, you get what you would pretty much expect with the, any movie that's going to be dealing with people who are going off to make, you know, an adult film and then, you know, horror ends up running. Like I said, man, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Friday the 13th, but, you know, and, you know, different ways, I guess. But at the same time, not really, you know. Graphic nudity, sexual content, gore, basically a Friday the 13th movie uh, without Jason. But, yeah, X, enjoyed it. Fun film, horror film, thriller, slasher. I'm going to say it's a slasher film. Um, definitely should be worth it. Not, yeah, you know, it's a slasher film. So check it out. Enjoy it. If you haven't seen it, give it a go. I know some of the people that have seen it have uh, pretty much agreed with me, man. They really had a good time and enjoyed it as well. So definitely give that a check out. If you want to go see it in theaters, check it out in theaters. If you want to wait for a while, if you go ahead and wait. I'm telling you to do whatever you want to do. But, um... Yeah, I enjoyed it. Definitely worth checking out. Um, I will gladly add that to the collection, uh, the digital collection, whenever I can, man. It's crazy to think, like, I'm somebody who doesn't, doesn't, it's not a word, who doesn't, you know, get into the A24 films, and I don't have the whole list of A24 films in front of me. I know they don't just do horror movies, but their horror films have not been for me. But this movie, I really freaking enjoyed, dude. Like, I really enjoyed it. I still haven't seen The Green Knight. I've heard mixed reviews on that one, but... Yeah, man. Uncut Gems is an A24 movie. It's interesting. Ex Machina. I haven't seen that, but I've heard good things about that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tusk, man. What a movie. <laughs> what a movie. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go through their whole list of films here, but... um. Yeah, man. Yep, X. So, Under the Silver Lake and X are my top two A24 films, I guess. Um, but yeah, X is a good movie. Lady Bird's an A24 film, really? Wow. Okay, cool. Whatever. But yeah, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, just dragging it on here, man. I appreciate you all, again, for joining along with me. Getting close to 100 episodes. Wild. But very, very... Uh, very excited, man. I love what the show is and love what the show's become. Definitely going to be, you know, looking to see what else I can do with this show going forward and growing, especially with the Throw Me Podcast Network. We'll see what we get going on over there. Remember, you can check us out on Facebook, Throw Me Podcast Network, and on YouTube, Throw Me Podcast Network, uh, where you can get all of our podcasts, not just mine. And, you know, of course, special events. Like I said, we're going to be doing day one of WrestleMania uh, next weekend. 
going to be happening next weekend. Maybe we'll talk a little Morbius on that. I'm probably going to be the only one who's seen Morbius at that point. But um, maybe talk a little Morbius there. If not, you know, we'll talk about my show. Uh, next week's episode, planning on talking about the uh, Lost City film. And then, of course, whatever news we've got out there and anything else that's released next week. But as for this episode, time to call cut, man. That's the end of it. Appreciate you all joining along with me on this adventure. Stay tuned to next week's episode. And remember, as always, that happiness can always be found, even in the darkest of times, if one remembers to turn on the light. Chat with you next week. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.